How many, and this is a serious question, how many feel weary because of 2018? Would you just raise your hand for a moment? I want to share something with you before we start the message. As I was going over my notes last night, I felt like the Lord just said, I want to encourage those who have been weary. And what I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do is to take the words that I'm about to share with you and use them as your battle sword to combat the, the weariness and the struggle that maybe 2000 has brought into your life. And this passage comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. I want you to listen to these words as I speak them over those who raised your hand. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is he weary. And his understanding is unsearchable. And I want to encourage you with these words. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might left in them, he increases their strength. And even the youth shall faint and be weary at times, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run, and they will not be weary. And they shall walk, and they will not faint. Oftentimes, a wearied, filled year leads us to just want to get rid of our circumstances. And we want to see things change in 2019. And so we would rather run from something more than wait upon the Lord and he shall renew your strength. And what this means is that when you come in, and I want to give you an illustration, when you come in and you're weary, let's say my young daughter, my summer, went to the gym and she picked up this 25-pound weight and she did a number of these, which I probably only could do a couple, but let's say she did a couple of these, what would happen to her shoulder? It would get what? Weary. And the key is not to say, you know what, God, I don't want this anymore and get rid of it. The key is to get what? Stronger. So that as you transform and God strengthens you, what happens is that 25 weight no longer is the very thing that's causing the weariness. It's now something that you can handle because God has strengthened your heart. And I want to encourage you, oftentimes we look at our situation and our circumstances and we just say, I wish this was out of my life, and God is saying, wait upon me and I will strengthen you, and you will see how you will overcome this with the grace of God. Amen? I want to begin a series of messages this month called Proper Alignment. I stand here with great excitement and joy over the fact of all that God has done for us in 2018. Just a few days ago, we had a party, and many of you were at that party, and we just got to celebrate the goodness of God, to realize that we started the very beginning with 25 people, jokingly around 90 kids at that time. We had a lot of kids. But we started with a young or a small core group of people, and God has just been faithful in 2018 to call you guys up into who you are, to cause you to realize that you are sons and daughters of the living God. And I want to remember or remind you of this very thing that the journey that we all are on 
It's one of identity and it's not destination. Now, the reason why I say that often, and I believe it's so important for us to remember, is that sometimes we can get caught up in when will I get there. And so we get fixated on the destination when God is so much more interested about calling you up into who you are and who he is for you and who you are to him. And what happens when we get so fixated on the destination is when we enter into a new year, what do we do? We go to our piece of paper or our phone and we begin to list out all the things that we want to accomplish, the things that we want to achieve. None of those are wrong, but what happens is we get very destination-minded. I'm going to do this and accomplish this and do all this in 2019. And so we list out all of our destinations when in fact maybe we could for a moment or for one year at least, find something greater and go, God, I want to learn how to become who I am already am in you. And I want to learn who you are for me, God, so that I can begin to discover who the God is that is along with me on this journey. Because I can guarantee this, you can have someone that lists out all the goals or you can have somebody that says, Lord, I want to become everything you've called me to be. And you will find this individual start to make leaps and bounds with God. And I found this to be true when I even began to think about starting New Day Church. Is I had my list. I had all my destinations planned out. I had all these numbers and these goals that I wanted to set aside and go, God, we can do this. And God, what if we do this by year one and year two? And I just felt like God, how he usually does it, just started to chuckle you guys know a God who chuckles at all? That chuckle means something very significant. It means stop it. Like put it away, Justin. Like if you want to go there, then go there and do your thing and watch how good you feel about all those destinations and how bad you feel when you don't meet those destinations. Or you could simply just lay it aside and allow me, Justin, to just infuse you with me. And to allow me to now cause me to move through you, Justin, so you move through others and they move through, I move through them to impact other people and watch how it impacts a, a community and a group of people. And I remember putting those aside. I remember I had them ready to share with the team and all these things. And I remember putting them aside and say, okay, God, you know what? I'm going to put all of those numbers aside, all of those destinations aside, and I just want you to teach me how to be a shepherd. Lord, I want you to infuse me and fill me with you so that I could give God to, to people and not give them a, hey, we got to get our numbers and we got to get... At the end of the day, it's silliness. And the journey that he has us all on is one of identity and discovery of who he is for us and just not what we can achieve. And it takes the pressure truly off of our shoulders of having to achieve and it allows us to get to the place where we learn how to rest in him. Now think about that because the moment I have that list, that list now becomes my master. That list now becomes the very thing that says, come on, we're not there yet, we're not there yet, we're not there yet. And it begins to speak to me all the time that you are not there yet. But when I have God as my master, when I rest in him, he begins to call me up into who I am. He doesn't deal with how far I have to go or how far I am from where I need to be. He starts to call me up and I start to actually feel empowered to live this life. 
And this rest that I'm talking about is not a passivity. It's not an inactive rest. It's walking in a place where we're receiving and we're expecting and we're believing all that God has for us for 2019. Where I'm actively receiving everything that God has for us. I'm actively expecting God. What's in store for 2019? And Lord, I'm just believing what you said about me in 2019. Because I am convinced of this, that if God has promised you something, which he has promised us many things, he wants each and every one of us to take him for granted. If he said it, take what he said to the bank and say, God, you said it, I believe it all the way until I see it happen inside of my life. And that's called rest. To rest in what your father said, not in what you're hoping to achieve and hoping to accomplish. And I believe it's time today to close the door on 2018. To allow God to mold us and to upgrade us and to pursue us. Now that's a change of a script right there. How I could encourage you, go and pursue after God. I just want you to know He's pursuing after you way more than you'll ever pursue after him. And he's just waiting for us just to surrender and say, okay, God, I want everything you have for me. Because he's coming after each and every one of you, and he's not coming with this angry face. He's coming going, I'm going to get you eventually. <laughs> and he gets us in all those places, and he loves us out of a place of who we used to be into who he's calling us to be. And my hope with this message is to get you to see beyond your circumstances. You know, those very things that happened that were negative in 2018, to begin to, to see that those things are no longer part of your life and to begin to see all that God truly has for us and that he is freely and willingly giving to us. Check out this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it says, this is why the scriptures say, he's talking about this mystery that even the enemy, if the enemy knew who Jesus truly was, he would have never put him on that cross. And he said, the scriptures now say, the things, the things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. I'm hoping to increase your expectation today. These are the many things that God has in store for all of his lovers there's things that you can't even imagine about your life. He says, I have a future and a hope for you. He goes, there's things that you don't even realize that I have available to each and every one of us. He goes, those things are too great beyond our ability to imagine. And he said, those are stored up for those who are his lovers. Fails those profound realities to us by the Spirit. And this is why it's so important to have fellowship with God. Not just a relationship. There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. Fellowship is one of intimacy. Relationship is one based upon what Jesus did for us. There are many people in this room who have a marriage, but they have not fellowship within that marriage. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Jesus said, it's better that I go away so that when the Holy Spirit comes, he may show you all things that are yours. And so it's this beginning to realize, Holy Spirit, what are these things that you have for me? And you know what happens? And I just want to encourage all of us because we live in a Western world with a Western mindset. We quickly think promotion, money, resources, 
um, accolades or achievements, all those different things. But when I see this verse, I, say, I see this. He starts to unveil these profound realities by the Spirit. And he starts to go, Justin, do you know what's been placed inside of you? Like, I want you to discover the peace that Jesus gave you, the joy that you could live with it, the empowerment, the grace that is on your life, the empowering presence of Almighty God to do what you've been called to do, that there's a purpose on your life, Justin. There is callings and there is giftings, and that's what he begins to show each and every one of us, and it's just a simple dialogue. Each and every day that we begin to just say, God, what, what do you have for me? Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly is exploring all things. And maybe you're here today and you've lost expectation of God's goodness and his favor on your life. Don't sweat it. God meets you right where you're at. It's not a, it's not a negative thing that you're there. It's the fact that you're there. Andrew, God's going to turn things around for you, man. I know hope is being instilled inside of you today, but that hope is about God. It's not about what it needs to look like. It's all about who he is to you, man, and he is your father, and he is calling you up into the very things that have been so dormant and lie hidden inside of your life. And I hope to reignite your faith over the next number of weeks and to build your expectation of what God has in store for each and every one of us personally for you and also for your family. And I believe it's time to align ourselves with who we really are in this world. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we represent Jesus on this earth wherever we go. We are a light to a dark world because the light himself lives on the inside of us. Amen? That's who we are. And when you realign with who you are, you start to walk differently. You start to realize there's a purpose and a mission in your life. And how many of you have ever been to a chiropractor before? I love what they do, but I hate how they do it. I hate, I hate the feeling of it. But it's interesting that when you go to a chiropractor, there's, you're, you're going there for what? an adjustment, a realignment. And it's not that they're trying to fix anything that's wrong. They're just realigning you. It's like my wife at times has headaches back here. And then when she gets realigned, the headache is no longer there. And I believe many of the things that we're dealing with is just simply because we're out of alignment. And I hope that the Holy Spirit can crack some spiritual backs here today. Amen? In a good way, like the kind chiropractor who says, I'm going to be gentle with you, Justin. And I believe we all could use a spiritual adjustment at times to help us get realigned because life has a way of moving us off of the place that we need to be with God. And that's why I love the beginnings of a new year. A new year gives us, all of us, an opportunity to have a fresh start, to see things from a new perspective, to start with a clean slate, so to speak, to gather ourselves and to embrace a new adventure. And although it may be the same scenery or the same set of circumstances, all of us can step into 2019 with a different mindset. Because it's a mindset that matters. If the enemy can win your mind, he's won. If he can only win in the circumstantial round, but your mindset is that you're an overcomer, you will always come out on the top. 
Listen to these words from Hebrews chapter 13. It's my prayer for you in this beginning of this new year. And he says, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, may the God of peace equip you with all that you need for doing his will. And may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to lose sight of those words. He is the one that's going to produce in you. And he's going to do it through his power, not by your awesome strength that you have. He's not going to ask you to do this on your, for yourself. He's saying, I'm going to produce in you through my power of Jesus Christ all that is pleasing to me. But how many times do we get caught up in the function of striving and worrying and anxiety about how we're going to please God and if we're pleasing God and whether or not we're pleasing God when I realize, God, I thank you that you are the God of peace and you are equipping me with all that I need to do your will. And I pray that your power would give me the very, or would produce in me the very thing that you're calling me to do, to please you in this life. And Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep by an everlasting covenant signed with his blood. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That word equip in the Greek actually means to align or to put back into proper position. I spent the last two and a half years of my life being on a chiropractic spiritual table. And God was realigning my life to his will so that I could fulfill the very thing that he called me to do. Now think about this. Ultimately, he wants a relationship with me. Because that relationship with me allows me to finally surrender on that table and say, Father, do all the cracking you need to do. And when we come to that place where we can trust him enough, then he can realign us. But he realigns us for the purpose of the will that he has for us. So if he's preparing me to step into a role to pastor a people and to call them up into sons and daughters, guess what? He has to realign me to that way of thinking so that I'm not up here teaching you functional Christianity. I'm up here calling you up into who you are, to who your father is for you, how he thinks toward you so you could leave these walls and go be what you're called to be. Amen? But he had to realign me to that. He had to spiritually adjust me so that I was back in alignment with what the gospel declares about all of us. And as I was thinking about my own journey, this verse came to my mind, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. It says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand, or whether you turn to the left. And I go back to so many moments where I just feel like God whispered and says, this way, my son. Oh, that way looks much better. No, this way. Because this is, the, this is how I realign you, Justin, so that you can get to a place where you can fulfill the very will that I have for you. And I love that verse because it says, you'll hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And it's a gentle, still, small voice that confirms things for you. It didn't say this is the way and uh, we're going to go this way because of this or that's how you're going to go or this is how long it's going to be. It just says this is the way. And it's a trusting game with God. 
And I've heard a minister say this before, and I thought it was a great encouragement. If God does not speak to you initially, he will speak to you eventually. That's good news. Because sometimes we go to God and go, I got nothing. Justin, I asked him who he wants to be for me, and he's just silent. If he doesn't speak initially, he will speak eventually. And when the Lord is getting ready to do something in all of our lives, guess what? He begins to reposition us and realigns us with our true identity and our God-given mission. And God not only wants us to get to the right place, but he also wants us to be in the right mindset to do what he's planned to do. And this is why, just come to my mind, this is why we may be in the right place but have the wrong attitude and God says we're going to stay here until the attitude adjusts. Why? Because in order for you to fulfill what God has for you, the right mindset is imperative. The attitude has to be saying, God, let your will be done. That's an attitude of a son and daughter. Not, God, why? God, come on, this is dumb. Like, let's do it a different way. No, it's the attitude of a son and daughter who says, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life, no matter what that may be. The word alignment means an arrangement of something to bring back into an orderly position relative to something else. And Jesus said these words to us. He said, you are in the world, but you are not what? Of it. And what happens is sometimes we're in this world and the world begins to influence us and influences the way that we think, the way that we parent, the way that we act, the way that we talk. And we get out of alignment and we start just acting like everybody else in this world when in fact the kingdom of God lives on the inside of you. That should change the way that you're a parent. That should change the way that you relate with one another as a spouse. It should change the way that you're an employee. Why? Because the kingdom of God lives on the inside of you. And it's getting back into alignment that you are sons and daughters of God. And so we are in this world, but we belong to a different king and a different kingdom. And so we can't draw our thinking and our behavior and our practices from the world around us. We must draw them from the kingdom that lives on the inside of us. Jesus said, they asked him, where is the kingdom? The kingdom is within you. And so there's a higher way of thinking, there's a higher way of seeing, there's a higher way of being that propels us to do amazing things in 2019. There is a kingdom of God that lives on the inside of you, a kingdom way of seeing, a kingdom way of being, and a kingdom way of doing. And so a new year is a new opportunity, amen? It's an opportunity to see like your father sees. To think like your father thinks, to love like your father loves, to forgive like your father forgives, to receive to all of us, and to believe. It's an opportunity to believe the gospel in its fullness. I remember sharing with you guys a number of months ago where I mentioned I cannot exaggerate the love of God. Like no matter how big and how awesome I make it. Even Paul said, man, that you would understand the depth and the width and the height and the length of the love of God and that you would dwell in the love of God and richly plant yourselves in the love of God to realize that I can't exaggerate the fullness of the gospel. If it is great news, then it should produce great joy in all of our lives. Otherwise, it's the biggest con ever given to mankind. 
But the gospel is not just okay news. It's not just simple, you know, this is going to make your life better news. No, this is great, absolute, amazing news. And so we can't afford to be double-minded about the gospel of Jesus Christ and its power working in your life. And you know how we do that is that we get gospel-minded and then we get self-minded. And anytime you start to focus on yourself and to realize how bad you are and how far you still have to go and all your sin and all your mistakes and all your struggles, you now get double-minded about whether the gospel has actually true for you. Why? Because if the gospel is that and I'm like this, then there's no way that I'm deserving the gospel. Exactly. You were never deserving. You'll never be deserving. You don't have to earn it. It was freely given to all of us. Amen? And when you believe the gospel in the fullness, and the reason why I'm sharing this, because if you realign with the gospel truth in 2019, you're set to be an overcomer. No matter what challenge may come the way, why? The kingdom of God lives on the inside of you. That Jesus himself, just like he would respond to any challenge, you have the same grace on you to respond to those very challenges. So bring on 2019, amen? Bring it on. It's going to be good expectation of God's goodness and his favor. But I also know there's an enemy that lurks. And he wants to discourage and disappoint us and cause us to lose hope. But when we put on the goggles, the divine goggles, we start to see life. Not be, we don't see the mountain anymore. We actually see right through the mountain and go, oh, God's goodness is all on the other side of that mountain. And so it's time to get ourselves realigned with the reality of the finished work of Jesus Christ in 2019. I know I could have easily preached the message about what New Year's resolutions we could strive for and attain to. But I, I want to remind you that it's about the gospel in your life causing you to become everything that you're called to be. And when we realign with God, what happens is we, we realign with God's true nature. I want to share this about our Heavenly Father. He's the most loving, peaceful, and joyful person you would ever meet. Like, I want you to get a picture of the happiest person that you know and know that they don't come close to the joy that comes from our Father. Get a person who's the kindest person that you ever have met in your life and realize they don't come close to how kind God is, how gentle and how gracious and how loving our Heavenly Father is. Because when you realign with His nature, you start to realize that's how He is toward you. And it's when you get close to someone like that that they start to rub off on you just a little bit. And you start to stand in things that you never thought or imagined that you could walk in. He is the absolute personification of love, of peace, and joy. He is the happiest being, person that you'll ever, ever meet. And I know many of you in this room don't even see God as happy. Amen. <laughs> like, I get that. Like, when you see God, you see him as like, oh, my gosh. Have you ever, how many have been frustrated with their kids before? <laughs> like, 9 o'clock, I think we put our kids down for bed. 11.45 is when I think they both fell asleep. Like, just crazy. He always tells me, Justin, calm, calm, 
calm. Be nice. Be gentle when you go in that room. Because you know how it is when you walk and I lay in my bed? Dad! <laughs> so I fix the summer thing, amen? And I walk and lay in my bed and it's the other one that's dad. Oh my gosh. So God <laughs> is the happiest person you'll ever meet. And once we realign and get that picture of who he is, we can start to walk in those very things. Like joy is the mark of one who has received the gospel. And I look at my own life and the one thing that I measure is joy. Because if joy is not present in my life, it has nothing to do with circumstances. Nothing. And it has everything to do with I become focused on self. And I become focused on how far I still have to go, who I'm not, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself and what I have to fix about me and it zaps all joy. But every single time I come encounter with Jesus, the epitome of the gospel, joy begins to fill my soul because I realize it's by the Lamb of God that was slain that me and God are perfect. That's great news. It brings me great joy to know I no longer have to fix this or fix me. I now just get to rise up in who I am, a son and daughter of the living God. And this is why Paul exhorts all of us with this revelation. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says these words. Cue the screen. Oh, there it goes. It's a touch screen. Galatians 2.20 says, I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I would encourage you, let's do a 365-day challenge of just saying this every single morning. I myself no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And so I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in what the Son of God, the Lamb of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I stand in that place, I realign with I no longer live, who I used to be. I am dead and I'm now alive in Christ Jesus, and I've been given a new heart with a new lens and a new mind to now live the way that God has called me to be. So when he calls me to do something, I don't have to go, oh, God, I can't do that. Who am I? Oh, wait, I've died with Christ, and now Christ lives in me. Christ, live your life through me. And I become a vessel and a channel of Christ living his life through me. And just a couple of verses later, Paul writes these words to the same church in Galatians chapter 3, Verse 1, he says, Oh foolish Galatians, what magician has cast an evil spell on you? For you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as though I had shown you as a signboard with a picture of Christ dying on the cross. Another translation says, Who has bewitched you? Who's tricked you into believing that you once started with Christ because of grace, but now you're going to live your life in your own efforts, in your own striving? Who lied to you? Who tricked you into believing functional Christianity, that the flesh can never produce any level of righteousness that God requires, that function and religion always appeal to the flesh? And we have to resist both. And how do you do that? By considering yourself dead to that old man. And let yourself live and allow God to live his life through you. You've been made alive to God. Look at verse 2. 
It says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping a law? Of course not, for the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message that you heard about Christ. And so he says, I have another question. Have you lost your senses? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to perfect yourself on your own efforts? And I think it's good words to encourage all of us when it comes to believing the gospel, to aligning ourselves with who we are in Christ. Because it can be foolish to believe that salvation is a free gift, but our sanctification is earned by our performance. I know those are big terms, but salvation is free. Sanctification is not something that, okay, thank you, Jesus, you got me in the door, let me work my way out there. No, salvation is free, and it's by the grace of God that he now sanctifies each and every one of us. And this performance idea has crept into all of our lives. A functional way of thinking about the gospel has often trumped what Jesus did on the cross. So yes, Jesus, I know you died for me, and I know I'm saved because of you, but now I'm going to walk in this Christianity in a way that I can be better in Christ. Like, okay, let's see how that one goes. How many, how's it going for all of you? No, like you're always still so far away from being a better Christian or the Christian that God has called you to because he's never asking you to strive for that. He said you are complete in him. And so to believe that you are saved by grace, which is relational, but perfected by the flesh, which is functional, is a well-developed strategy by the enemy to misalign believers, to get us out of the place where we completely trust 100% in what Jesus did and we walk around as sons and, God, or sons and daughters of God because we know Jesus died for me and worthy is the lamb that was slain on my behalf and the blood of Jesus has cleansed me so I'll walk around as though all my transgressions are what? As far as the east is from the west, that's how God sees me. Instead, what happens is we get misaligned and we start to go, Oh, God, I'm so sorry for being such a butthead and such a dumb Christian. And, oh, my gosh, I just wish I could be better. And I just got angry at my kids. And I said this to my, my, my spouse. And, man, I just did all this. And you, what happens is you start to believe now more in you rather than the gospel that could transform you from that individual. It's the purpose. Its purpose is to get you looking at yourself. If the enemy can get you to look at yourself instead of looking at, it's funny, because I was looking up there. I can't even see my screen. There's a whole bunch of dots. I don't know if you ever looked into a light before. But he's looking into what he can bring you into a place of condemnation. Because there's no way that you can ever perform yourself into the very things that God has for you. And so you know what we do when we enter a new year? We go to work, almost all of us, on fixing ourselves. We look at 2018 and go, oh, I'm so fat. I needed this. Oh, man, I just really need to get this back in check. Oh, my gosh, I set out to do that, and I didn't do this. And so what happens is we start from a place of what? Negativity. And we go to fixing our old man and fixing something in our lives that's not right. And so we focus on who we're not, trying to make who we're not to become who we want them to be. And never, never has the power to transform you. 
Instead, you know what? I hope that I walk into 2019 and saying, God, there are so many upgrades that you have for me. There are so many places where I am not walking in my new man, but this is who you have called me to be. And I'm asking you to help me to walk in the very things that are already mine. Our difficulty is that when we focus on the negative, we begin to get drawn into the ugly cycle of just condemnation and guilt. And we become obsessed over what we're not. And we fall back into the same thing over and over and over again trying to ex- uh, escape. Because you cannot exchange a negative by being involved with the negative. Our lives can never be distinguished by the absence of something. When we focus on the negative, we make it a feature of who we are rather than who we really are in Christ. And so I pray that this year we will learn how to partner with God in what he's calling us up into, which is him. To be available for us, for him to form us and to him to mold us. Because here's the truth. God is not dealing with what needs to be fixed inside your life. I know, honestly, for some of you that is, it's hard to fathom that you have so many things that need to be worked on in your life and God is not trying to be the one who's fixing all of it. He took care of something called sin on the cross and now he's calling you up into who you are. And so he wants to talk about this new creation that was created in Christ Jesus. You are a workmanship which has works that are prepared beforehand for you to walk in. And he says, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about who you are and who I made you to be. And how many times do we go into a mode of just, let me just fix my behavior. And I truly believe that God is not saying these words. Hey, there are many things that you guys need to fix in 2019, so let's get our act together, okay? I believe he's saying, are you ready to step into and explore who I've made you to be in Christ Jesus? To realize that you don't have to live with anger in 2019 because Prince of Peace lives on the inside of you. For the Prince of Peace to live on the inside of you, yeah, but I'm just so angry. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about your anger. I want to talk about the Prince of Peace that is inside of you. Because once you learn how to walk like him, anger just begins to dissipate. So you don't have to fix anger. You have to just walk in peace. Do you know that you don't have to live with, and I'm very sensitive to this because I know there's many reasons for it, but you don't have to live depressed because Jesus says, my joy I give to you. Perfect joy. And we just have to learn how to walk in the joy. You don't have to be bound to sin and addicted to some of the things that you're addicted to. Why? Because your dentist and the power of sin has been broken inside your life. So he's not going to come and deal with your sin. He's going to go, hey, I want to tell you a little secret. That power that has convinced you that you will always be like that and always addicted to that, it's a lie. Because sin has been broken off your life. It's dead. And the power of it is dead. Amen? You don't have to live with fear. Why? Because perfect love has been shut in your, abroad in your heart. And perfect love cast out all what? Fear. To realize how much God loves you realizes, man, I don't have to fear. And now it doesn't mean that those don't ever come your way. I get invitations all day long for worry and fear and care and addictions, and it's just simply saying, you know what? Oh, no, no, that's not part. Nope, don't want that no more. No, nope, don't want that. Because we used to be comfortable with those things. 
And when you no longer have an appetite for them, you just kind of say, you know what, I'm not interested. I'll take some peace instead. I'll take some joy and I'll take some freedom instead. And you don't have to live with anxiety. Why? Because Jesus has given you his rest. And it's not trying to rid yourself of anxiety. It's trying to learn how to practice the rest that has already been given to you by the Prince of Peace. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says these words. We'll finish off in five minutes. 2 Corinthians 1.20. There it is. Oh, 110. That was my fault. All right. For all the promises of God in him are what? Every single promise that is from God in him, it's yes. There's no question about that. It's not like, God, can I? It's like my daughter just kept on saying, do you think I could go in the fridge and just get some milk? It's like eventually everything in the fridge is a yes. Like just go after and eat it. And the same thing with God is all the promises of God are yes. So don't be timid about expecting if God promised you, he wants us to take him for granted. He wants us as sons and daughters to get excited. If I told you or if I told my daughter, you know what, on Saturday I'm going to buy you a beautiful dress uh, just for the new year. I hope that she would tell everybody about the dress that her daddy said he was going to buy for her because she trusted him enough that if he promised it, that he's going to come through on that promise. And so I want to start to get excited about these promises that God has given to me. I want to start expecting them and receiving them because he promised them. And do you see how 2019 can be different than all the other years if we or all the other years of the resolutions that we have of being a better person or a better this or that. And how about we commit together to be who we are in Christ and to practice our new man. What kind of year would that be when we saw a, a problem and we go, ooh, a problem, that's a possibility in God's language. What if you changed it from a problem to a possibility and you saw it as an opportunity to now practice your faith? What if somebody did you wrong and now it's an opportunity to forgive and to walk in the kingdom of God that lives on the inside of you? What if you had all this stress and this pressure come on you and bad news and it's now an opportunity to practice the rest that Jesus gave you? What if you got bad news and you're worried about your financial situation? According to my riches, what? I shall supply all your needs. And we started seeing 2019 by the kingdom of God that lives within us. That would change the way that 2019 would look. And so you don't look back on it and go, man, that's filled with a whole bunch of problems. No, that was filled with a whole bunch of opportunities to upgrade me into who I am in Christ. So I look back at a year and I go, wow, God, you set me up to grow and to be upgraded. So now that I am further along than I used to be, which means I can do more for the kingdom of God. Amen, Nico. He's my nephew, if you don't know who he is. He just got the sweetest pair of Jordans, too, the other day. I told, I told his dad I was going to buy him after he already paid for him, so... So choose to embrace the promises of God and don't be swayed by how you feel or what you see or what's happening around you. Have the courage to believe, to believe what God said. Then and only then, those who have the very promises of a father who cannot lie, they will overtake you and you will become who you're called to become. And God wants to partner with each and every one of us in 2019. Remember, he's the senior partner and we are the junior partners. And he wants to lead us and to guide us and to define who we are. 
And he wants to infuse every single one of us with his promises so that we could soar to greater heights. And I want to close off with these words from the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, everything we could ever need for life. I, I hope you receive these words as you leave today and realize 2019 will be better because God is for you. And he has promised you th these things that maybe you have not partaken of. To go search his word and go, all right, God, I want to see what you have promised me because I am going to walk in it this year in 2019. It says everything we could ever need for life in complete devotion to God has already been deposited. Has what? Already been deposited in us by his power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of what? Knowing him. My objective as a branch to a vine is to stay connected to the vine. It's relationship with the vine. And my relationship with God is paramount so that I don't have to set all these destinational goals in my life. I can say, God, I want you to take me there. Or I want you to take me to you. And do whatever it is that your will is in my life and watch what happens. And he has called us by name and he has invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. Look at verse 4. As a result of this, he has given us magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that the, through the power of these promises, the, the power is in the promise. So when you believe the promise and receive it, it has the power to become in your life. The promise is you can experience partnership with God's divine nature, by which then you will escape the corrupt desires that are in this world. 2019 is going to be good, not because everything's going to happen your way. It's going to be good, not because everything went the way that you planned it. It's going to be good because God dwells within you. And he has called you as a son and daughter to rise above. He's called you more than the conquerors. He has said that he will lead you into all victory and you are more than an overcomer. And when you start to realign with who you are, you start to walk into 2019 with expectation and with a great amount of hope. Why? Because God is for you. Amen? Father, I just take a moment right now to bless your people. I just believe the Lord is saying to all of us today that 2019 is a year of exploration. And I just see a picture of us standing on the, the seashore. And all of us have excuses of why we would not jump into that ocean. And we're amazed at how big it is and how good it is and how glorious it is. And I just see each other encouraging one another like, you go in first. No, you go in first. No, you go in first. And it's going to take one of us to step into all that God has to say, let's go. Let's all do it. Let's all jump together into 2019 exploring the depths of his love and the riches of his goodness and his mercy and grace. And I see God overwhelming all of us as a community with his love, and empowering us to become everything that he's called us to be. So here's my question for all of you. Will you jump in with me?
into the ocean that God has for us called 2019 to explore all the goodness that's inside of there. Yes, there's sharks in that ocean, but there's so much to explore and so much good to find. And the same thing in this year. There's so much to explore in this coming year. The things that he has for you, the people that he's going to bring inside your life, the goodness that he's going to show you, the favor that's going to turn situations around inside your life, that he's going to call you into places that you never thought you had the courage to step into, that you're going to go beyond your comfort zone and you're going to say, God, I like it out here. This is adventurous out here. I'm not stuck into the mundane way I do life, but Lord, I want to explore with you. And you will discover things that you've never seen before, the things that the Holy Spirit will only reveal to you, to those who are his lovers. Amen? Would you receive that today? Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Amen? Feel free to stand with me.